Hello and welcome to the All Time Chatter podcast. Today we will be looking into a very new case. Kind of strange but great. Have you ever said something in your sleep? Have you ever done something in your sleep and when you woke up you kind of feel embarrassed about it? Today we will be looking into the Patricia story. So Patricia Cobb Dawn was a beautiful young woman, a good daughter. But what happened next could be shocking to any one of you who is listening to this story. So sit back and hold your packet and come with me into this deep dive. So King Wee Cogton is a criminal case heard by the Supreme Court of Victoria in Australia where a woman successfully defended herself against a homicide charge using the defense of automatism. The case was not formally reported, but the case has been referenced both by legal scholars and those in other disciplines. One night, the defendant, Mrs. Cogdon, left her bedroom while sleepwalking. She claims that in his state she saw her 19-year-old daughter, Pat, being attacked by Korean soldiers. Fearing the worst while fully in the grip of her sleepwalking, she located an axe and attempted to attack the illusory soldiers. In the process, she killed her daughter. At trial, Mrs. Cogden pleaded not guilty. The court heard how Pat had suffered from some neurotic conditions which were characterized as relatively minor and which were psychiatrists had claimed had been cured. Mrs. Cogdon had suffered a number of strange events in the run-up to the killing of Pat. She had suffered a nightmare where her house had been invaded by spiders. She believed the spiders were attacking Pat, entered Pat's room and attempted to violently brush set spiders off Pat's face. This woke Pat up. Mrs. Cogdon told Pat she was just tucking her into bed. On the night of Pat's death, Mr. Cogdon was out of the house. Mrs. Cogdon offers to take Pat to see a movie, but Pat could not find a movie she wished to watch in the listings in the newspaper. Pat, instead of, decided to stay in and get an early night. As evidence of Mrs. Cogden's case for her daughter, it was noted she had prepared a hot water bottle for Pat and a glass of warm milk. At trial, Mr. Cogden also testified that his wife had an excellent relation with her daughter. I don't think a mother could have thought any more of her daughter. I think she absolutely adored her. So, according to the decision, before the Cogdun case, no established case law existed for dealing with automatism defenses. The jury found her not guilty at all. So, according to my reference base, so this is one example that have been prepared. Mrs. Cogdun was charged with mother of Pat, her only child. Pat had for some time been receiving psychiatric treatment for a relatively minor neurotic condition of which, in a psychiatrist's opinion, she had been cured. Despite this remission, Mrs. Cogden continued to worry unduly about her daughter. Describing the relation between Pat and her mother, Mr. Cogden testified that she was a really good mother. To the charge of murdering Pat, Mrs. Cogden pleaded not guilty. 
Her story, although somewhat bizarre, was not seriously challenged by the Crown and led to her acquittal. She told how on the night before her daughter's death, she had dreamed that a house was full of spiders and all. The morning after the spider's dream, Mrs. Cogden told her doctor about it. He gave her a sedative and, because of the dream and certain previous difficulties, she had reported discussed the possibility of psychiatric treatment. That evening, Mrs. Cogden suggested to her husband that he attend his lodge meeting and asked Pat to come with her to the cinema. After he had gone, Pat looked through the paper, found no tolerable program and said that because she was going out the next evening, she thought she would rather go to bed early. Later, while Pat was having a bath preparatory to retiring, Mrs. Cogden went into her room, put a hot water bottle in the bed and turned back the bedclothes. There was some desultory conversation between them and just before she put out her light, Pat called to her mother that mom don't be so silly worrying there about the war, it's not on our front doorstep yet. Mrs. Cogden went to sleep, she dreamed that the war was all around the house that soldiers were in Pat's room and that one soldier was on the bed attacking Pat. This was all of the dream she could later recapture. Her first waking memory was of running from Pat's room out of the house to the home of her sister who lived next door. When her sister opened the front door, Mrs. Cogden fell against her, crying. I stayed I think I've hurt Patty. In fact, Mrs. Cogden had in her Somnibulistic state left her bed, fetched an axe from the wood, heap entered Pat's room and stuck her two accurate forceful blows on the head with the blade of the axe, thus killing her. Mrs. Cogden's stories were supported by the evidence of a physician, a psychiatrist and a psychologist. The burden of the evidence of all three which was not contested by the prosecution was that Mrs. Cogdon had a form of hysteria with an overlay of depression and that she and somnambulistic acts were to be expected. They agreed that it was not psychotic. They hazarded no statement as to her motives. The psychologist and the psychiatrist concurred in hinting that the emotional motivation lay in an actual conflict situation in Mrs. Cogden's great frustration and that she overcompensated for her own frustration by overprotection of her daughter. Her exaggerated solitude for her daughter was a conscious expression of her subconscious emotional hostility towards her and the dream ghost spider and soldiers were projections of the aggression. The jury believed Mrs. Cogden's story and regarded the natural consequences of her acts as being completely rebutted by her account of a mental state at the time of the killing and by the unanimous support given it by the medical and the psychological evidence. She was acquitted. It must be stressful that insanity was not pleaded as a defense. Mrs. Cogden was acquittal because the act of killing itself was not in law regarded as her act at all. As stand in the case documents, this case illustrates the impossibility of satisfactory severing act from intention. 
Thus, Mrs. Cogden's action, not being voluntary, no question of criminal liability arose. Mrs. Cogden's escapes basically because of the state of her consciousness, not because she had no conscious intention or rational motive to kill. A state she shares with many convicted murderers. She was asleep. Had she been awake, her only defense would have been of insanity. However, the difference between being asleep and being awake is not absolute. Consciousness is not like a light, either off or on. It is finely granted scale ranging from dead to the extreme awareness of the artist. Only instruments such as an electrocephalograph can chart certain variations of consciousness between people and in one person at different times. Another group of cases raising issues of altered biology in connection with the homicide are those related to hormonally altered states at the time of the homicidal act. One recent area of disagreement has centered on the diagnosis of the premenstrual syndrome and its relation to violence. The other consideration regarding hormonal factors, there is merit in the investigation, the possibility that some type of hormonal changes occur in relation to an individual's proneness to violence. However, several impediments also exist and document relevant hormonal levels and the effect on an individual's action. Investigation into the connection between hormones and violence often attempt to determine whether higher levels of certain hormones are present in those exhibit violent behavior. However, the simplicity of such research may conceal many of the medicological problems that can arise from too easy casual attribution. So this was the Mrs. Cogden case and it was one of the very horrifying but shocking case which we could not hear very often. I hope you like tuning into this podcast. I'll be coming with new series very soon. Thank you so much. Have a good day.